Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. Hey, New City, it's John Carlos here. So excited to have you joining us on the last Sunday of 2020. Um, it's been a hot minute since we've last seen each other in this way. Uh, and so I'm excited to continue our Spilling the Nativity series. We've been talking about Christmas. We've been talking about reading the story of the Nativity through a queer lens. Uh, and man, that has been so much fun. Not only have we gained so much wisdom from our messages, but man, I've loved seeing some of the photos of our community as queer magi, POC shepherds, um, Mary, Joseph, Jesus, and realizing that the Christmas story is not just good news for some people, it's good news for everyone. Um, and as we continue today, I want to talk about something really important, really essential, something that I think will help us see what God is doing in our lives and in our community, not just today, but for this coming year. Yeah. But before we keep going, I just want to have a small invitation, just a, a small ask. Today, we're continuing to look at the Christmas story, and I I know you've seen it. I know I've seen it. I know we've read it. I know you've thought about Christmas all of your life, but, but what if God has something new for you today? Yeah. What if God has something new she wants to show you, teach you, and encourage you with today? Yeah. Um, so, so far, as we've looked at spilling the nativity we've been kind of asking the question when god showed up who showed up with her when god showed up who showed up with her and we're seeing that the nativity is filled with people who are marginalized the stranger the foreigner the, the the humble the needy it's actually those who are farthest from the center that somehow make it to the nativity But today I want to ask a a different question, not just a question of who showed up. I want to ask the question, where's everybody else? Um, Who didn't show up and what can we learn about the difference between those who saw God do something incredible and those who missed the party completely? Yeah, who showed up, who didn't show up, and, and what can we learn from that difference? Because I believe um, that God didn't just do something amazing, incredible, and beautiful in Christmas. I believe God is constantly doing something amazing and beautiful right here, right now, in you, in me. And the Christmas story is not just a story about people who showed up. It's also about, about people who missed it, people who had something incredible happen in their midst and they didn't notice. Yeah. Yeah, so today I want to talk to you about um, the fact that the most amazing things God does require something. The most beautiful things God does require something. And and this requirement is unexpected. Um, I think when people think about a requirement for seeing, experiencing, and participating in what God is doing. Sometimes they think of things like faith, 
like theology, like you have to be a part of the right religion or the right tradition. Yeah, or 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 love. They have to they have to be certain love or or maybe like a spiritual head. But what we look at this text is that the Magi weren't even Christians. They weren't even Jewish. Like <laughs> they weren't even in the same tradition. The, the the thing that they had that allowed them to participate in what God is doing was, was something more fundamental, more more universal. Right? We're we're seeing that this requirement isn't just unexpected. It's also I'm going to argue unavoidable. Like the more you have of this element, the more you have of this resource, the more you can see, the more you can experience, the more you can participate in what God is doing. But unfortunately, the less you have of this, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, the less you have of this, the less you can see, experience, and participate in what God is doing. It's unavoidable. <laughs> there aren't any loopholes. And lastly, this requirement is universal. Everyone everywhere has this. Everyone everywhere can also miss it. Everyone everywhere. Actually, if you had zero of this thing that we're going to talk about, um, <laughs> scientifically, you would be dead. Yeah. This, this requirement for seeing, experiencing, and participating in what God is doing is unexpected. It's universal and it's unavoidable. And today, I submit to you that the most amazing things God does require your attention. The most amazing things God does require your attention. Now, by attention, I mean something really simple. Attention is our ability to hear God and respond to what she's doing. Our ability to see and respond recognize and respond, right? That's that's all attention is, right? It, 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 it's not just hearing something, it's it's responding to it. Like, like I don't just see TikTok videos. I spend 22 minutes <laughs> swiping up for the next one. Like, it, it doesn't have your attention unless you see it, hear it, recognize it, and respond to it. And I believe that more than anything in 2021, the most important resource at your disposal is your attention. The most important resource that you have to use to spend, to give, is your attention. Yeah, and what we are about to discover is that the people that make up the Christmas story aren't more special or religious or sacred. Could it be that they were just people who were paying attention, hearing what God was doing and responding to it, seeing what God was doing and responding to it, recognizing what God is doing and responding to it. Now, before we continue, I want to be really, really honest. I'm using this as a metaphor, but I acknowledge, we as a community acknowledge, that in the time of Jesus, the people who saw God the clearest at times were blind. The people who heard God's voice most directly were deaf, right? I, I, I want to acknowledge that while I'm using hearing and seeing and recognizing to help you understand that your attention to God is embodied, it, 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 it's physical, it's not intellectual or abstract, it's, it's, it's embodied. Uh, while I want to emphasize that, I want to be very clear that everyone and everywhere has attention. Everyone and everywhere is seeing and responding to things around them. It, it's part of what it means to be alive, right? Like if, 
If we look at a, a person, a species, an organism that does not respond to stimuli, it's like a good evidence that they're no longer alive. Your life, in some way, is the sum of everything you give your attention to. And what we're going to discover is that the shepherds weren't extra special, extra holy, extra chosen. They were just looking at the fields and paying attention. The, the magi weren't extra special, extra holy, extra smart. They were just looking at the stars and paying attention. The story of Christmas is a story of people like you and me who heard God and responded, who saw God and responded, who recognized what God was doing and responded accordingly. Yeah. The, the thing with attention, though, is that sometimes it feels like I have a lot of it, and sometimes it feels like I have none of it. More so, I have this ability to, like, give my attention to all the wrong things. Like, um, and, and, and what happens when we give our attention to all the wrong things is that we can miss things right in front of us. We can miss things that God is doing all around us. We can miss things uh, even just from our own body. Like, a, a couple weeks ago, I uh, was at home, I was at work, uh, I was on, on my computer, at my desk, and I heard far, uh, like probably like 15, 20 feet away, someone hammering at a wall. And I could hear it. It was like a loud thump, but a far away thump. Like I could hear it. And it was a little annoying. I was trying to get some work done, but I could hear that thump, hear it. Constant thumping. And so I put some music on and, and I just kept going. I didn't pay that noise much attention. Later in the day, I, I kept hearing it, probably around five or six o'clock, and, and it was a little annoying, but again, I just, I, I kept going. I, I, I was busy, I had a lot of things to do, I didn't have time to focus on that noise, but around 10.45, I go to bed, and I can hear this noise, and it's, it's a thumping, thumping, thumping noise that's not around me, it's, it's clearly far away. And, and it starts bothering me. And I, I, I asked Fawo, do you, have you, have you heard, have you heard the noise? Like, I, 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 like, do you hear that noise? And, and Fawo's like, I, I, I don't hear anything. And so I, in my PJs, like, go outside in the cold, like, go out in the yard, go around the house. I'm like, what is making that noise? Is it like a person? Is it the building? Is it a creaking? What, what is making that noise? And I go outside and I don't hear it. I just kind of hear the wind. And so I go inside and I, and, I, and I just stop. And whenever I stop, I can hear it. <laughs> and at this point, I, I'm like, okay, Fabo can't hear it, but I can hear it. So not a great sign, not a great sign. Um, I can hear it inside, but I can't hear it outside with the wind. And then I remember just closing my eyes and pointing to where the noise was coming from. And then I turned around. <laughs> And the noise followed me. It's, the noise was constant, but as I turned around, the noise was always in that direction. And I realized the noise was coming from inside me. Um, and, and a long story short, I would come to discover that I was hearing my own heartbeat. That I had so much congestion. I had some kind of sinus or ear infection of some kind, some fluid there that there was so much congestion, so much uh, pressure, 
that I could hear my heart as it was a hammering far away. Sometimes friends, we're so busy, we're so distracted, we're so congested that we can't even recognize the sound of our own hearts. Sometimes we're so busy. Sometimes I'm so busy, so distracted, so overwhelmed, so congested, filled with so many things that are constantly pulling at my attention that I can't even hear my own heart. Friends, if I can miss my own heart, then maybe I can miss God too. If I can hear my own heart, maybe I can miss the fact that I'm hungry and I need to eat. If I can't hear my own heart, because of the congestion all around me, if I can't recognize it as me, then maybe it's actually possible that not only do we give attention to the wrong things, that we can't pay attention to, to the good and the grace and the glory around us. Yeah, so I, I recognize there are moments where I miss God and I miss hearing my own body because I'm so busy, I'm so distracted, so many things are calling my attention. Like I wake up, like, <laughs> and and you know what gets my attention? You know what, what grabs my attention? Small red circles with numbers in them, like notification badges, right? Like I wake up and my day is notification badges, emails and Outlook and Slack and Teams and messages and Gmail and all these things that are calling for my attention and and then when I want to take a break from all of that notification, all that screen, I then I, I, I go on, <laughs> go to my bed and, and watch some TikTok videos and, and, and just enjoy that for 20 minutes. And then I go back to my computer screen after I'm too tired of my phone screen and I go back to work. And then when I'm tired of both of those things, I say, man, it's been such a long day. I'm going to go get some rest. I'm going to get away from these screens and I'm going to go watch some TV. <laughs> and I go from phone screen, computer screen, TV screen all day long. And it's a wonder that I wonder why I can't hear God. It's a wonder why I wonder why I can't hear myself. Friends, we can be so distracted, so congested, so busy that we don't hear, see, recognize what God is doing right in front of us. We can be so busy, distracted, congested, we don't even hear our own hearts. And it's not just me, is it? It's not just me. It's us. We are a generation of people, not who are spiritually uninterested, but who are spiritually distracted, right? We are a generation of people that have things constantly asking, demanding, seeking, chasing after our attention, right? Like Google wants your attention, Apple, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, all of these companies are constantly demanding your attention. And here's the weird thing, like we don't give our attention to that which is supreme. We'll give our attention to that which is shiniest. We don't give our attention to that which is most important. We give our attention to that which has the brightest colors. And, and guess what? Engineers in Silicon Valley have figured out a tap into that, right? Your attention, you know, I started thinking of my life, not just as responsibilities and relationships, but also as attention. A couple of months ago when I, I watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix. And the whole idea was that 
We figured out how to monetize your attention. Do you know how much, <laughs> how much money your attention makes companies? Do you know how valuable your attention is to Facebook? Last year, Facebook on average made $139.35 out of your attention. $140. You know what that ends up being? It means 38 cents per day. Do you know what that means? That your peace, your well-being, your groundedness, your awareness of God and each other was worth 38 cents to Facebook. Friends, <laughs> I, I realized after watching that, that my attention, what I heard, saw, and responded to was more valuable to these companies than it was to me. And, and, and not only that, <laughs> there was this really just powerful quote about how our attention is being used. And, and in, in, in the documentary, there's a quote about how when we as humans figured out how to monetize trees, well, we cut down entire forests. When we figured out how to monetize trees, entire forests died. And then he goes on, when we figured out how to monetize whales and the oil that they have, well, <laughs> we killed a lot of whales. Uh, entire populations, communities of whales died when we figured out how to monetize them. And now we have figured out how to monetize people's attention. So what dies now? What gets killed? And, and I, I remember hearing that and just recognizing that I was living in a world that was constantly chasing my attention. And all the while, it was hard to hear God and see God and respond to what she was doing. And all the while, it was hard to hear myself, see myself, and respond to my needs. Sometimes I give my attention to the wrong things. Sometimes we give our attention to the wrong things. But what we discover in this text that we're going to look at is that the most amazing things that God is doing have a requirement. The most amazing things that God is doing require your attention. And so as we look at, as we look at this text, and I hope that we look at it with new eyes, hope that we look at it in a new way. Matthew chapter 2, 1 through 11. I think one of the first things that we have to acknowledge here is that this is a story about lots of ordinary people who hear and respond to what God is doing. But what's really interesting is not just who responds, but who doesn't. Now, normally when people think of the Christmas story, they think of like a really special, secret, hidden, exclusive gathering. Like, like, like Jesus was throwing a party and it was like a private group chat. <laughs> There was no Facebook event. The details didn't go out. The invitations didn't go out. This was for a select group of people. But what we actually discover is there were a lot of people who heard about the Messiah and the birth of Jesus. A lot of people who knew. There were a lot of people who had the details. There were a lot of people who had information that was actionable. But a lot of people didn't notice. A lot of people didn't pay attention. A lot of people didn't respond. So we see, right? Let's start out. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where 
is the one who has been born king of the Jews. We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So, so, so number one, who knows right now? The Magi, which by the way is an amazing name. Magi, that word is where we get magic, right? Uh, some translations, wise men, scholars, but I like Magi. I actually, I even be cool with magicians. Like in Spanish, there are Los Magos Reyes, which is literally uh, magician kings. I mean, it's almost as if back in the day, like, <laughs> like there was like bachelors, masters, doctorate, and when you knew so much about your field, you were just a magician. <laughs> it was just like magic. Like, like it would be amazing if in our community we would recognize that this person isn't talented. It's magic, right? Like, like uh, this person isn't wise. It's magic. Like, w there is magic around us, right? So these were magi. They're from the east. They're not from Israel. They're strangers. They're foreigners. And here's the kicker. They're not Christians. They're not Jews. They're not even from our faith tradition. <laughs> and yet they're, they, they were people who paid attention, right? And so what do they say? We saw the star when it rose and have come to worship him, right? Again, back to the same thing. We saw, we responded, right? That's what attention is. They, they paid attention. Do you know what it's like to notice a star? <laughs> I know what it's like to notice a star because I don't notice any stars. I am too busy to look up at the sky. A couple days ago, we had uh, a huge astronomical event. Um, pl uh, three planets, Saturn, Jupiter, and the Earth were aligned. This happens once every 800 years. It was a huge deal. Did I go check that out? I, I Where would I look? Like... Like, what direction? At what time the sky? So, you know what I did? Because I needed an illustration for the sermon, right? Like, I went online. And I, I, I went to the live stream. And I cannot tell you how boring of a live stream that was. It was literally just like a dark screen with, like, a small circle that was Jupiter. And an even smaller circle that was Saturn. And they weren't even aligned. They were, like, just, like that and they didn't move over time like it was just there you can go back and roll the tape back and and i remember like looking at this and being like there are literally at this moment 19 things more exciting on my phone than this live stream do you know what it's like to notice stars right to know stars like you know a neighborhood like like when you know a neighborhood really well and it's like like there's a new restaurant and you notice it or a business shuts down and you notice it or that building gets a new uh, color on their door and you notice it or they move the sign right you when you pay attention right you can see and respond to things the magi saw a star what do you have to do to see a star you have to be paying attention you have to be looking you have to know what's there and notice a new one the magi were just paying attention and and furthermore they come and and they and they, they travel a long distance right they they they, they travel maybe days weeks we don't know and they arrive and they tell the king about it and the king tells the the chief priests and teachers of the law and experts and and it says when king herod heard this he was disturbed and all jerusalem with him i always thought that only 10 people knew about the birth of jesus but here if we look at this text we recognize that actually all of Jerusalem was talking about this, right? Like if you were to go back in time, 
and, 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 and get on Twitter and go to Jerusalem, you'd go on and you'd see Messiah trending. Like this was being talked about. I always thought that it was just like these 10 people that heard about it. But here I'm discovering that a lot of people had heard about it. A lot of people had known. A lot of people knew where, right? Bethlehem says that in the text. When? Proximately now. And then I asked myself, well, why didn't anyone else go check it out? Why didn't anyone else go visit? You know, like, like, and I thought, okay, okay, well, let's, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe Jerusalem and Bethlehem are really far away. Like, I always thought Jerusalem was like New York City and Bethlehem was like Iowa. And so, you know, it's probably be days, weeks, who knows, of traveling. Do you know how far Jerusalem is from Bethlehem? Six miles. Six miles. Do you know how far St. Paul is from Minneapolis? 8.3 miles. One of the most important historic events in human history happens six miles away from some of these people and they didn't show up. Could you imagine God doing something incredible, historic, global, six miles away from you and not participating. Could you imagine God showing up in the flesh right in front of you and not recognizing him? Well, actually, we don't have to imagine. It happens all the time, don't it? It happens all the time. We miss God right in front of us. And people miss God right in front of them. Right, like uh, you've seen someone not see the divinity, the image of God, the presence of God in you. You know what that feels like. How could they miss it? Oh, we miss it all the time because we're not paying attention, because we're not seeing, hearing, recognizing what God is doing and responding to it. So here we have a city of people who are at times powerful, privileged, who are not interested in seeing and responding to a new king, who are not interested in seeing and responding to a new kingdom. Because guess what? Good news is always a threat to power. The gospel, when preached properly, is always a threat to power. So here we have a story, a story of shepherds who made it and showed up, who looked out in the fields and paid attention and saw God and responded to what she was doing. Here we have a story of people from far away, from a different religion, who saw the star, heard what it meant, saw what it meant, recognized what it meant, and traveled the long distance to experience and participate in what God was doing. Yeah, because some of the most important things that God does, well, they they require your attention. Um, I, I, I believe that as we go into this new year, our attention, what we see, hear, recognize, and respond to is going to be our most important resource. And it's going to be the difference between participating, experiencing, and enjoying what God is doing, or just like missing it, even though it's happening in our midst. And when I say that the most amazing things require your attention, I don't mean that God 
is waiting for you to pay attention to start moving. God is already moving. God is already present. God is already healing. God is already active. God is already with us, Emmanuel, right? No, no, no. It's not that God needs your attention to start moving. It's that God is moving. And it's only when we hear, see, and recognize that we can experience it for ourselves. Amen? So how do we actually live into this? Well, I think one of the key components that we got to think about that I want you to think about is I want you to take an inventory of what is consuming your attention. What is grabbing your attention? Because for me, when I started thinking in those terms, I started realizing that emails had more of my attention than they were worth. That, 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 that little red notifications uh, had more of my attention than they were worth. I started realizing that my attention was just going to the shiniest thing and not the most important thing. And so this inventory helped me realize, oh, what if I started paying attention to the things that matter more to me? Um, for example, reading. I wanted to read more. And so putting my, my books or my Kindle in the locations where I will see it and respond to it instead of <laughs> my Nintendo Switch and playing that every day. Um, there are things that matter that you want more in your life. Take an inventory of what is taking your attention. It, to, what is using up your time, space, and energy in that way. The second thing I want you to think about when thinking about your attention and recognizing and responding to what God is doing is, is, is something I call intermission, which is it's just a complicated way of saying stopping. You know, just stopping. You know, like not doing something, like pursuing boredom. Like I think we we think, especially in lockdown, that we need to fill our attention at all moments, at all times. But what we really need is more intermission, more more not doing something. Um, and, and I recognize this, like when we look at the passages of Jesus, you know, there's that famous one about not worrying and looking at the birds and looking at the flowers and knowing that they're well taken care of and so will you be. But I think we've thought about that as a metaphor. <laughs> but what if it's like a command? You know what I'm talking about? Like, what if it's what if it's not a metaphor? Look at the look at the birds. Look at the flowers. What if it's a command? What if like in the commands of God, it's like, don't lie, don't murder. By the way, look at the birds. It's a command. Look at the flowers. It's a command. Why did the why did the magi show up? Because they were looking at the stars. Why, why did the shepherds show up? Because they were looking at the fields. They could pay attention. Could it be that God invited and spoke to more people than we read about in this text? Probably because the symbol of Christmas isn't just a manger that's hidden away. The symbol of Christmas is a star that shines for all to see. Somehow we thought that only the Magi could see the star. Everyone could see the star. And it shone for everyone, even if they didn't notice it. The, the key to the life of God is to recognize what God is already doing. The God who is already here. So would you take inventory? And would you have intermission so that you can start hearing God? Would you look at trees and plants and birds and snow and stars and stop. And when you do that, when you stop, you'll start to hear God. You'll start to see God. I, I, and sometimes, here's the fun thing about the Christmas story, is that God is not like someone who's always going to tell you to do something. 
God, is, God doesn't have another task or mission for you at all times. And God is not always there to tell you that you're doing something wrong. Actually, when you start to hear the voice of God, you know what God says the most? You know what, you know what God's voice is doing the most? God's voice is inviting us to see something beautiful that's right in front of us. What is the Christmas story? It's God inviting people to see something beautiful. The shepherds didn't need to attend. Other people could have attended. The Magi didn't need to attend. Other people could attend. They were not critical to the, <laughs> to the thing. But God didn't want them to miss something beautiful that was happening all around them, that was happening in their lifetime, that was happening in their midst. Yeah. Amen. So I'll close with this. I, um, I think that if you had never read the Christmas story, if you had never known who Jesus was, if you didn't have any context for Christianity and you, you read the story, you would notice that some strangers, foreigners from a different religion experienced, recognized, and responded to God, and people six miles away uh, did it. <laughs> people who were right there missed it. Um, I think that's that's a really great observation, and I just want to take a moment um, to recognize that some of you in our community, some of you watching this right now, you have traveled a long distance to be here. You have traveled a long distance to have faith. You have traveled a long distance to even think about coming to church or even think about calling yourself a Christian or even thinking about having religion or spirituality in your life. When we spill the nativity, we recognize that queer people and people of color did not have to travel a mile or two to see Jesus. You've actually had to travel over deserts and mountains and valleys. Yeah. Yeah, the things that you and I had to do to have faith is different, isn't it? There are people here in Minnesota whose parents were Christians and their parents were Christians and their parents were Christians and they just had to show up to church and now they're Christian and that's it. That's how, it was It was it. There wasn't anything more. And, and, there, and I'm sure, again, that faith can be real and good, but, but you didn't just drive five minutes. No, 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 no. You, you like the Magi, had to travel long distances to be here. And I just, I just want to say God sees that. Like, I, I think of Val when I think of me. We didn't, we didn't just, boop, we're Christians. No, no, no. We had to wrestle with our identity. We had to have really hard conversations. We had to wonder whether we were welcomed and accepted and loved. And we had to... <laughs> We had to travel a few things, didn't we? You've traveled two things. There are some of you who are in our community uh, who, like, you shouldn't be a Christian. <laughs> like, the, the, the math doesn't add up. Like, you shouldn't follow. Like, how are you still going to church every week? How are you still having any semblance of faith? But here you are. You've traveled a long distance because you heard God's voice and you responded. And so my invitation to you is to keep hearing, keep responding, keep seeing, keep responding. I know you've traveled far. And I, it's funny that the people six miles away missed it. But actually, it's the people in the edges. It's the people on the margins. It's the people far away who hear God's voice, who pay attention, who respond. And it's those people, it's those people, it's us, who get to experience what God is doing, my friends. 
There are kings and queens who will not experience what you have experienced. There are CEOs and uh, chairmen of boards of directors who will not see what you have seen. There are generals and powerful men and women. There are wealthy, uh, privileged, like top of their field individuals who will never see what you see and experience what you experience because you paid attention. So may we as queer people of color, may we as a community recognize who God is, recognize what God is doing, and may we respond because we know, we understand that the most amazing things God does require our attention.